welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. We closed our previous podcast in giving some inconsistencies among the Baptists regarding the influence of civil government in supporting religion, especially the Christian religion. It had to do with addressing Congress about new editions of the Bible to see that they were correct. We further quoted from John Leland to show that he was more consistent in the separation of civil government from religion than Isaac Bacchus. He admitted that it appeared to be a small and insignificant matter, but the principle of paying chaplains for their services in Congress can be used as a stirrup by the petitioners to mount the steed and ride down the people. Though Isaac Bacchus supported the idea of Congress being an authority to validate which edition of the Bible was correct, he said regarding the government and constitution of the United States that, quote, the fear of the people is a greater check to the lust of offices than any government ever erected before by men. That's found in the diary of Isaac Bacchus, edited by William G. McLaughlin, volume 3, page 1304. Of this, McLaughlin added in a footnote the following. This is Bacchus's justification of the political theory of democracy or government by consent of the governed. Yet while he holds that, quote, fear of the people, end of quote, whose power is manifested through frequent elections, is an essential check to government officials, he indicates that the people themselves must be held in check by the fear of God. This is so true. It matters not how many checks and balances are set in place to keep a government, or any organization for that matter, pure and strong. If the people are immoral, it will degenerate to the morals of the mass. In other words, if the people are wicked and depraved, the, quote, fear of the people, end of quote, by governmental officials will accommodate wickedness by legislating for political advancement. The Lord willing, I plan to say more about this later, but at this time I desire to show another inconsistency of the Baptists in the early days of this country that continues to plague religious freedom today. This is the evil of incorporating congregations and religious denominations for the purpose of tax advantages. Many Baptists in Bacchus's day were covetous and did not support their ministers properly, and this caused problems sometimes between the membership and the pastor. Some of the Baptist ministers followed the belief of the congregational ministers of a stated salary before accepting the position of a pastor. And though Congress passed the amendment for religious freedom, states such as New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Connecticut continued taxing and compulsion of the people for the support of religious ministers. In a letter to John Ripon, a Baptist minister in England, 
Bacchus wrote, quote, And as tax and compulsion for the support of religious ministers is still continued, I know not of one of our churches, especially in Massachusetts, who are entirely free of the evil of giving in a list of their societies to their oppressors, which draws covetous men among us whose influence with others has cruelly withheld reasonable support from many of our ministers, a number of whom have been dismissed from their people, and equity is amazingly shut out from us. End of quote. That's from Bacchus's Diary, Volume 3, page 1315. Of this, McLaughlin noted, quote, In short, the old spirit of civil disobedience expressed in the refusal to submit certificates had sadly waned. Moreover, Bacchus now was accepting the claims of the standing order that among the Baptists were many tax dodgers who, he felt, persuaded other Baptists not to provide adequate contractual support for their pastors. Thus he blamed the failure of the Baptists in this regard to the tax laws of the state. End of quote. That's from pages 1315 to 1316 of Bacchus's diary. Bacchus wrote again to Rapon in a 24-page letter to him regarding the sad condition in which the state of Rhode Island had fallen concerning this matter. In Bacchus's entry for September the 13th and 14th in 1791, regarding the Warren Association, he said, quote, Two Baptist societies sent petitions to our legislature at Boston last May for to be incorporated by law so as to support their worship by tax and compulsion. But Elder Stillman prevented their being pre- uh, presented and our association now gave their testimony against such thing. End of quote. That's from page 1,317 of his diary. At this point, McLaughlin entered the following footnote. Quote, the movement to incorporate Baptist churches was only partly motivated by the fact that the law, as interpreted in county courts, stipulated that only incorporated religious societies were entitled to a share of the religious taxes that were collected. The other reason for incorporation was that it enabled a pastor to collect dues from the members of his congregation who had subscribed to a contract and then failed to fulfill it. Bacchus and most other Baptists opposed the practice because it acknowledged the right of the state to determine which sects or congregations should be incorporated and which should not. At this meeting, the Warren Association condemned the incorporation of churches, and they wrote, After much dispute on the subject, old elder Isaac Bacchus, who was the oldest in the association, rose and began an account of what had happened to him and others in consequence of such power in other denominations, and before he had done, the the proposal appeared so black 
and anti-Christian that it was thrown out for that year. And McLaughlin was quoting E. Smith on page uh, 234. E. Smith's book was The Life and Conversion, Preaching, Travels, and Suffering of Elias Smith that was printed in 1816. McLaughlin goes on, Despite this condemnation and similar ones by other associations, an increasing number of Baptist societies in Massachusetts sought and obtained incorporation from the general court after 1791. And in 1810, when the Supreme Court of Massachusetts made its definitive ruling that no congregation could obtain its share of religious taxes unless it was incorporated, the assembly was flooded with Baptist applicants. That's the end of McLaughlin's comment found on pages uh, 1,317 and through 1,318 from Isaac Bacchus's diary. McLaughlin added a footnote to Bacchus's entry regarding the Warren Association in 1794. He wrote, quote, The association again voted that it was wrong for any Baptist church to apply to the legislature for incorporation for the purpose of supporting the ministry of the gospel and voted to take up an annual collection for the purpose of assisting the widows for their ministers deceased who have been members of this association, end of quote. That's on page 1374. Another footnote by McLaughlin regarding Bacchus's entry for the Warren Association for September 8 and 9 in 1795 reads as follows. In a letter that Bacchus wrote to this association, meeting on behalf of his church, he expressed his views on the incorporation of Baptist churches. Quoting Bacchus, Our Lord Jesus Christ hath made laws enough to incorporate and support his churches and ministers, and a law of this state, made in 1768, empires the deacons of every church to receive and hold estates or donations which were given for religious purposes, and to manage the same at the direction for the good of the church, and we conceive this to be all that can be safely done in that respect. For if some who are of the church, and some who are not, are incorporated together to manage estates to support religious ministers, it binds the church and the world together, and tends to hinder the church from being governed wholly by the laws of Christ which is essentially necessary for her acting as a chaste virgin to him. All compulsion by secular power hath ever been hurtful to the souls of men and hath filled the world with strife and envy and other evil works. That's the end of Bacchus's quote. The essence of this letter was included in the official minutes as advice to the other churches but it did not stop an increasing number of them from seeking and obtaining incorporation. That's the end of McLaughlin's footnote and found on pages 1387 through 1388. The idea of congregations today not seeking incorporation status 
and submitting themselves to the government under the 501c3 tax code status for tax advantage is generally considered foolish. Equally, the banking industry often insists that congregations be established under this governmental regulation before opening an account with them. If a congregation pushes back with the bank, it is, to my knowledge, that the congregation must at least have an employer identification number to open a bank account. According to Wikipedia, quote, the employer identification number, also known as the Federal Employer Identification Number or the Federal Tax Identification Number, is a unique nine-digit number assigned by the Internal Revenue Service to business entities operating in the United States for the purpose of identification. End of quote. While the minister is a servant unto the Lord and the congregation, and the congregation should support him accordingly, he is not to be a hireling or preach for an established salary. The congregation may agree with generosity and love to support their minister, but the minister is not to demand or negotiate a salary before he preaches. But that is another study, and we do not have time to discuss today. As the government continually seeks ways to bring the congregations of the Lord under its authority, we must labor, and if needs be, suffer to be obedient to the Lord regarding such matters. However, our time is exhausted for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.